Welcome to the Dale Sabor A Tu Salute podcast by Tadine. I am your host, Chef Carla Contreras. Join me as we steep in the world of Tadine with tea-inspired recipes, steeping tips, and interviews with fellow creatives, foodies, and entrepreneurs from our community. You can find Tadine at Tadine Teas on Instagram and more information in today's show notes. Hi, Dora. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I would love for you to introduce yourself and how you serve your community. Hi, thank you for having me. My name is Dora Stone, and I am a food creator, chef, blogger, food photographer. I'm a lot of things, (laughs) but I create vegan Mexican recipes for my community so that they can better their health, help the planet, and help animals. Amazing. Can you share with us what's in your tasa? What was your last studying tea? My favorite studying tea is the Seven Blossoms tea every night before bed. It's just so relaxing. I don't know. It's so herbal and citrusy. I love having that one right before bed and just kind of puts me in that headspace of yeah, it's time for bed. <laughs> it's part of your nighttime ritual? Yes. That's amazing. And what do you, do you put anything into it? Do you drink it straight up? How do you brew your tea? I would love to know. I like it just straight up. I have this really cool glass teapot that was given to me by my mother-in-law. And I just put my tea bags in there and then pour hot water in there and let it brew. And I don't really add anything to it. It's just, just like it is just good as it is. It is. It's amazing because it also has valerian root in it, which has these relaxing properties. I love to drink it at night as well. Dora, can you tell us about your blog and how it started? I began blogging a long time ago, (laughs) like 10 years ago, maybe. I had just become a stay-at-home mom. And I had come from working professionally. You know, I went to culinary school and I was working. I worked at the Four Seasons Hotel. I worked in various independent restaurants. And then my husband and I decided to have a family. And I decided or we decided that the best thing was for me to stay home. You know, it's very incredibly hard as a person of the industry. You know this. And, you know, my... I want to say it in Spanish, but it's coming out and my head is like jumbled up. Mis respetos, you know, like all yeah. my respect to working chef moms because there's late hours, there's working on weekends, there's working on holidays. So I decided to stay home, but I became very frustrated because motherhood just wasn't as fulfilling as I imagined it to be. You know, I'll, as a, a woman in a Hispanic or Mexican family, I was brought up to, to think that motherhood was like, that was like the goal, you know, that's, that's, it's going to fulfill you. It's going to, and it, it, for me, it wasn't, you know, I'm sure some mothers are different. I felt stifled in my creativity. You know, I just changing diapers, making meals for my kids. Yes. I love my children. I love them so much, but I needed an outlet for all my culinary knowledge, for myself as a woman. And I wasn't in the workforce anymore, but I still wanted to contribute to society. So I decided to start a blog. And that was like way back when, when blogs started, when blogs were diaries, basically. And you have a video about this story. We'll link it 
in the show notes because you explain like how you started with your family and the restaurant and going through culinary school and the starts of the blog. It's a beautiful exploration. So I'm going to encourage people that are listening to this podcast to watch that video if you want to learn more about that story. Dora, I'd love to know, your mother said something to you about putting family first. And this ties into the blog. I'd love to know more about that. Yeah, my mom, like I said, always has a very immense respect for motherhood and always, and till to this day, my mom always says family is first. So it's like, no matter what you do, family first. So the blog really became, the blog right now is my career. Nobody even talks about blogs anymore. Now it's like my page, where my recipes are. But at the time, it was just like blogs exploded and people were making money from them. And it became, it became a way for me to do precisely that, to be able to stay home because I still work from home to be able to stay home and be there for my children and to put really put family first, but at the same time, be fulfilled as a woman, be fulfilled as a chef, as a person who wants to advance in their own career. And, but also has also allowed me to contribute something to the world. You know, in that video, my dream my parents have had a restaurant for now it's like 30, 33 years. And it was always a dream of mine to open my own restaurant. And that dream just kind of fell apart when I became a stay at home mom, because it was just like, I'm never, even if my kids are grown, I'm never going to be able to go back into the workforce. Like I'm never, I would have to start from the bottom, you know, like I would have to start making salads or like being a line cooking. It's just really hard to leave for years and years and then come back. So it really did, did kind of die. And then with this blogging or food creator, whatever you want to call it, I have been able to fulfill that dream in ways that I didn't even imagine were possible. You know, a restaurant is limited to one city, one area, you know, and sometimes a, a restaurant business is hard. Sometimes you might have a restaurant in it and then it's really rare to have a restaurant for 33 years. It's extremely rare. And now my restaurant is the world. My restaurant is in every city and every country. There's people that make my recipes that live in Australia. Like that to me is like mind boggling or they're in the UK and they message me. They're like, Hey, do you know where I can get chiles? And I'm like, (laughs) you know, so it is, it has been a, a wonderful way to be able to put my family first because of, of the flexible schedule, because I'm my own boss and nobody tells me where I need to be or what I need to do. Like I am my own boss. So if I decide that, hey, this week we're going to go on vacation, which we actually just did. We went on vacation for spring break. We went to Quintana Roo to visit a Mayan family who showed us how to make an indigenous recipe that was vegan. And I got to take my kids to that. And I have the money to do that because of what I'm choosing to do, which is my business, which is my blog. So it's really, if you have a chance to go see that video, and if you're a mom and you kind of feel stuck and you're like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, or if you feel frustrated, or even if you're just curious about how maybe you could contribute 
economically to your family, it's a really good, I think, inspirational video to kind of get you going. It was so inspiring. And in that video, I feel like you also talk about the origins of your health journey and also how your mom, again, sparked something inside of you when you gave her a Vietnamese spring roll. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so my mom is Mexican. She still lives in Mexico. Like, she's fully, fully Mexican. She doesn't speak English. And I had a health problem um, that was I was able to, I guess, control or eliminate with a plant-based diet. And it took a couple months. And a lot of people, you know, like, oh, it was when plant-based was starting to get really popular. And they're like, oh, you should go on a plant-based diet. And I'm like, I don't know. You know, I really love eating. So <laughs> I was not down for, you know, like stop because uh, cheese, cheese is my downfall or was my downfall, I guess. I don't need it anymore. <laughs> I wasn't really down for doing it. But my health problem, the doctors wouldn't help me. They, I mean, they tried, but they would just kind of treat my symptoms, but not really get to the root of the problem. And by going on a plant-based diet, my symptoms completely disappeared. So when my mother got diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, I was like, you need to go on a plant-based diet. And my mom's like, no, I don't think so. So I would keep trying to make dishes for her that would kind of convince her to go plant-based. And I made a Vietnamese cream, which I love. They're delicious. They're so refreshing. They're a perfect summer dish. But she was just, she just thought it was disgusting. She had never tried tofu before. I just chose the wrong thing to give her. That's the texture of the rice paper. She thought that was so weird. And after a couple of tries of like trying to give her different vegan dishes, she just kind of looks at me and she says, why can't you just make it Mexican? And I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's like light bulb. And that's when because my blog before wasn't all vegan Mexican. That's when it kind of got like a flame started in me to be like, this, this is what I need to do. Like, this is my thing. I need to veganize all the Mexican dishes of my childhood to get other people like my mom started on their own health journeys because it's a huge deterrent, especially in our community where there's a lot of heart disease, there's a lot of obesity, there's a lot of diabetes. And it's a huge deterrent to think that you're going to have to stop eating your cultural food. Can we talk about more of cultural food and going deep into your cultural roots, including like I saw recently, we can put it in, in the show notes as well, going to the indigenous community. And you just spoke about that going to visit. And it was really like, you have a mission and a commitment to honoring those traditions. And I'd love for you to chat more about that. Yes. Yeah, so well, I was, I, I'm Mexican myself. I was born in Mexico, but I've lived in the United States, I think more than like 12 years now. So I've been here for a while. And I grew up on the border of Texas and Mexico. And the border itself is very, it's a mixture of both cultures. It's not, it's very different. Like Northern Mexico is very different from Central Mexico, from Southern Mexico. And Northern Mexico, we're kind of like more assimilated with the United States. But when I moved to the United States, I really did feel 
like I needed to really get to know my own culture. Like I really felt like I became, as soon as I left my own country, like I became an ambassador for my own country. So anywhere that I went and be like, you, did you know in Mexico that they do that? And everybody's like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with her? <laughs> and it'd be like, in Mexico, we call that this. And then, you know, and the culinary school, they made fun of me so much because all, like, all my conversations started with in Mexico. Did you know that in Mexico... And when I became vegan and after that conversation with my mom, I was like, well, this is perfect. I really have, or my mission has always been to preserve our culinary traditions. They are so important for ourselves. And now my children, they're Mexican-Americans. So for them, so that they know where they came from, so that they know they can speak to their grandmother about food, about life. And I can see that through my work. I mean, it's a little bit, it has also become a little bit of a conflict point because I am making some modifications. So we are removing meat, we're removing dairy, we are removing any animal product. And that kind of gets people a little scared because they feel like it's going to change everything. So, and it really comes down to, in our culture, food is part of our identity. And it's a very important part of our identity. It's the way that we celebrate. It's the way that we come together as a family. It's the way, especially if you're in, not in your country, it's a way of reconnecting with your memories. It's a way of reconnecting with your place of origin. And some people, you know, are here and, and can't go back. It's not by choice that they, you know, they can't go back. So it's very, very important for me to preserve those traditions. So it's a mig- my the, my recipes are a mixture of a little bit of innovation because we are removing animal products and we are doing some substitutions, but also a deep respect for indigenous dishes, indigenous cuisine because a lot of it is plant based. So we are kind of exploring every angle of the cuisine that way, but still remaining true to what I feel are the roots of it. Can you give me an example of a dish where you honor the traditions, but also bring in your plant-based lifestyle? So for example, one of my favorite recipes on my site is my abuelita's pozole. Like every Christmas, my abuelita would make huge, humongous pots of pozole. And when I became vegan, you know, it almost felt like I was mourning that I wasn't going to be able to have that anymore. And it made me feel like I had lost a connection to her because, you know, she had already passed away. So I, then I decided, well, why can't I just make it vegan? Like, will it change so much that I will lose that? So then I did try to make it vegan. The recipe on my site is with jackfruit and jackfruit is a tropical fruit, but when it's green, when it's not ripe, it doesn't, have really any flavor but it has the texture when you shred it it has the texture of meat or what you could say looks like the texture of meat so I tried to make it with jackfruit and after like a couple of attempts I got a recipe that I was really happy with and when I ate it it just brought so much joy to my life I was like this is my grandma's pozole because it's not the meat that is making the dish. And you know this 
as as a chef. It's not the meat that is making the dish. You know, it's the different cooking techniques that you're using. It's different steps. It's a different in our in this case, chiles, the garlic, the onion, the spices. It's not just the meat that makes the whole dish. So a lot of my dishes capture that essence, the flavors, the traditions. We're still using traditional Mexican methods. We're still toasting chiles. We're still putting your your tomatoes on the comal. We're still making, you know, like handmade corn tortillas. You know, we're just not eating meat. And we're still able to share in that tradition of I'm making a recipe that was passed on to me by my grandmother that tastes delicious and that in everything, in in the taste, in the smell, it brings me back to her. And what's better than that? Because it all comes back to food, right? And that food brings connection to our family, to our culture, to our history, to our people. Dora, you're working with Tadine and you have worked with Tadine in the past. What can we expect to see? Is there anything exciting on the horizon for you and Tadine? I am looking forward to developing recipes. I think last time I didn't get to develop any recipes, but incorporating teas like into baked goods or into savory sauces. Like I'm very excited about that. I think there's a lot that we that can be done there to explore like the flavors. What I really love about Tallinn is that they really do do a lot of work to promote the culture. You know, like their work to promote chamomile tea as, you know, chamomile tea in in Mexican culture, it's like, oh, you have a sore throat, chamomile tea. Oh, your stomach hurts, chamomile tea. Oh, you have an eye infection, oh, chamomile tea. You know, it's like, <laughs> so like everything chamomile tea. So I love that, that they incorporate the culture into it. So I'm really looking forward to developing some delicious recipes with the teas. Amazing. I can't wait to see them. I can't wait to try them. Dora, how can we support you? Where can we find you? And I know that you have an upcoming cookbook that's definitely on my radar. So let us know and we'll put it all in the show notes. Yeah, I'm. you can find me as Doris Table on Instagram, across social, I'm at Doris Table. And I'm on TikTok, on Instagram, on Facebook. I'm also on YouTube. I am coming out with a cookbook. We don't have a release date yet. I'm writing it at the moment, but I'm very excited about it. We're coming up with, like we mentioned before, that one chapter that's going to be all about indigenous cooking, indigenous plant-based cooking. There's going to be a chapter about modern Mexican cooking, which kind of plays into my experience as a chef using, you know, like cooking techniques that may be like sous vide or confit, you know, that people are not very familiar with. So I'm really excited about that. And I also have an ebook that's available on Amazon. It's called Vegan Tamales Unwrapped. And if you want to learn how to make vegan tamales, there's over 18 different recipes on how to make savory and sweet tamales. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so grateful for you, Dora. Thank you for having me. Gracias. Thank you so much for steeping in the world of Tadine. I am your host, Chef Carla Contreras. You can find Tadine at Tadine Teas on Instagram and more information in the show notes. If you're on iTunes or Spotify, please leave us a review. Adios. Adios.